Welcome to Relaunch, the real estate podcast focused on helping you find your success in real estate. My name is Lauren Cooper. I am an active real estate sales representative just north of Toronto, Canada. The whole purpose of this podcast is to bring you actionable content by interviewing the best of the best in this business, helping to take you from zero to hero in your real estate career. All right, welcome everybody to this episode of Relaunch, the real estate podcast to help launch your career. Today, we welcome Roland Gosney. And uh, Roland, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're at with your business today? Fantastic. Hi, everybody. Yeah, so I actually got into real estate about six years ago. I was a nurse uh, before I even got into the real estate business. I never intended to be a full-time realtor, by all means. I simply did it. I got my real estate license because I hated waiting on an agent. I uh, wanted to get a door open, and I found it much easier to do it on my own. Uh, business grew rather quickly. Um, having the, uh, the investor side in me, I saw things that other agents probably didn't have. I could uh, walk into a home and know the market I was in, how much they should sell for. <clears throat> that's something that's still today, you know, uh, like a habit. We wake up, we look at the MLS just to try to know our market. So when I walk into a block, I know what this home should sell for within, you know, certain few blocks, technically. Um, so I got my real estate license. Um, as I was a nurse, I remember passing out meds, phone to be ringing uh, from other friends who are investors asking for, what do I think about this property and that property? And and then they kept telling people and the business actually grew fairly rapidly. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I closed well over 80 homes. Um, and that first year, and I was only in the business for first year for about seven months roughly wow um, so it was it was moving along quite to a point where i i had to leave uh nursing i had to make that decision of whether you know and that was a that's a pretty tough I, I remember like yesterday you know uh having a, a paycheck coming in or leaving it all and the wife you know wasn't too confident in the you know of it <laughs> continuing to go um i'm I'm glad I took the plunge. Um, you know, it's, it's a business that people simply don't wait. I learned that rather quickly. When I wouldn't drop everything I was doing, they would simply pick up the phone and and they'd find another agent who would. So, uh, you know, I, I got into it full-time rather quickly, left my nursing career, um, you know, and I started for actually a small company. Um, you know, it was more in our area kind of known for as a foreclosure company in its in its day. Um, as my business grew, so in the beginning, I remember it was hard for me to actually get any grip into the business. So I, I probably sold every home in a, a town called Youngstown, where their thirty thousand, forty thousand dollar homes were what I sold all day, um, in and out. That's because nobody else wanted them. They're right. thirty or forty thousand dollars for the home. Yeah, that's correct. So where is this? Tell everybody where you're located. Uh, so I'm in the Youngstown, Ohio area. Um, we're kind of in the middle of Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Ohio. Um, you know, Youngstown is a pretty big city, and it's I could probably characterize it as being similar to a Detroit. Okay. All right. To give you a, a spectrum that most would recognize. Um, it was an industrial town in its day for uh, 
steel mills and things of that. And then when they lost to steel mills, we have a lot of vacant homes. Very, very good for uh, investors for uh, rentals. Terrible place to flip, but a great place for rentals. You can buy a twenty to thirty thousand dollar home and get a six hundred dollars per month, and there's plenty of renters. So I dug into that, um, and I I did really well. So I started meeting clients from all over. Um, I had a still have her uh, a client. Her name's Shang. Uh, you know, she's from China. Sold her fifty homes. She wow. wanted to buy a hundred homes. She had a hundred homes was her goal, and I, I couldn't fill that need. Right? There's just not that many good homes. Just out of curiosity, uh, uh, how did you hook up with this client? Um, she was a Zillow lead. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was a Zillow lead. Um, I got other leads off uh, Facebook. I would pick cities that I felt were, you know, I'd get in there, I'd mark around California, and I would say, "Are you ready to find a home for twenty grand?" and put out a little Facebook post and watch the people filter in because they couldn't believe that they can buy a home for 20 grand, 30 grand. Um, so let's take works. a break for one second there. Um, so what you're saying is when you got into the business, you were you looking for investors basically for, for that type of clientele? That's correct. Okay. Um, so your method was basically going after investors, which is really interesting. And it makes sense given sort of where your market was at and, and the price of the homes for sure. Definitely. Now, um, in terms of where you're at today specifically, just sort of drop a pin at so everyone knows kind of what uh, what your business looks like as it is today, and then we'll go backwards from there. Yeah. So today we're closing. We're about at a home per day sold, uh, selling a home a day. Um, still work with some investors, not as many. Uh, investors will consume a lot of your time. I had the time back then. Um, I, I take care of select investors, right? But for the most part, um, I do. I'm a buyer's agent. Uh, take on, you know, I carry at least 50 listings at all times. Um, I'm the only one in my team who actually does listings currently. I have a pretty lean team. Um, currently, the way we sit, we simply have three buyer's agents. Uh, and I'm the only one doing listings. And admin as well? Yes, I do have admin. I have three. Okay. Three admin. And uh, what are their roles? Are they separate and distinct from each other or are they overlapping? Yep. Yep. So I have an ISA. Um, uh, this gentleman's name, his name's Trace. Uh, his job, he works full time Monday through Friday. Um, sometimes we switch it up and he'll pull a weekend shift. We, we like to switch it around. Uh, his, his job is to come in and get into the CRM. He hits all the leads to come in through the CRM. We get anywhere from 20 to 60 new leads per day from multiple sources. Um, his job is get in, touch every one of those. We try to at least hit them six times. Um, and then we'll put in like recurring trip plans and, you know, multiple ways to get in front of them, bomb, bomb videos, things of that nature. Um, and then we have a, uh, another lady who, uh, Cherry, she's our office manager. She handles pretty much everything, uh, the contract to close behind the scenes, the paperwork, making sure this home inspection, make sure somebody's there. We got a closing happening at this point. Um, she also watches all the numbers. That's the one thing we really like to know. Um, we have a broad list of, um, you know, zip codes and different areas that we like to hit. And it's, it's interesting to see it's constantly in waves. Um, you would think some areas would be good. Uh, and it tends not to be the case. Um, you know, for six months, this one will be slamming. And then, so we, we constantly try and 
go with the wave, shall I say. Um, Homes.com could be hit in a one-time, Realtor.com, and then Zillow. It, it, it's interesting. So we really try to watch our numbers really well. So uh, tracking is very important to you. Very important. Um, I would say that's what drives me crazy the most the tracking making sure you know you know how many times it it took to even get them out in the appointment how many times we had to show them a home before they bought a home uh what zip code they originally came from which lead source they originally came from uh how many what lender we sent them to right so we know and that every quarter we'll look at all those numbers uh at the latest every quarter and is that just in a numbers or excel file or is that in a specific program uh so we um Oh my goodness. We actually have another platform that we use too. Um, we have Excel as well. We have, uh, I use Boomtown for a CRM. Okay. Um, Boomtown will give you some data, not as much as we want. Uh, Cherry has a, a very lengthy Excel file. Um, there's a program that we use too, and it's slipping my mind right now. Um, it'll come to me. Okay. No problem. <laughs> yeah. No problem. It's just helpful. You know, a lot of the time, uh, the people that get into this business are more personality driven and, uh, face to face and organization sort of comes secondary and even comes secondary. Once you get in this business, you have to scramble, scramble, scramble to make it happen. So you kind of down the road figure, oh yeah, I should be tracking this to really realize where my, uh, my money and time is well spent. Right. So after that fact, uh, when we come to that realization, we're like, well, well, what do we do? <laughs> How do we do this? Yeah. So there are several ways of doing it. So if that comes to mind, uh, definitely let me know if it pops back in your brain at any time. Uh, so when did you transition from being a solo agent into a team? So I'm six years in now, about four years, it took me four years. So I've been doing a team. Uh, um, I was out of my basement for quite some time, right? Um, at first it started where I couldn't sell enough. Uh, I believe I made it to a hundred and I think it was either 137 homes. Uh, my, me and myself before I was losing my mind. Right. <laughs> so my wife, she's an RN. Uh, she actually left her job. She, she, you know, she took the leap of faith. Uh, she's still with the team. Um, and the numbers picked up dramatically. So what you said was right on cue. I, I also am like a tornado where it's a million miles per hour. I love to know the numbers. However, I am not the numbers person. So I hired, I married my weakness. <laughs> Good I way to do it. My um, so yeah, figure out what your weaknesses are and, and hire them. Yeah, definitely. So you're about uh, two years into the team right now, four years solo. So let's go back to the very beginning when you were still just getting into it and you were still part time, I guess, because you were still a nurse at the at that moment. Um, how did you get into it? How did you start getting business um, outside of looking for investments for yourself? Uh, what was the, the key that really that you started, tried, didn't work or did work? Tell me about it. Sure. So it wasn't a glorious uh, beginning. I actually, so in the beginning, I started with the investors. Um, I I knew I couldn't break into the markets of uh, getting a hundred or three hundred or four hundred thousand dollar clients. So I put a lot of focus in grabbing the lower markets because even at that time, those heck, I sold homes that were five grand that paid me seventeen fifty. I they always had a minimum fifteen hundred, a thousand dollars minimum. So 
it was still a pretty good payday. Um, still, my first year made like approximately 80 grand, mm-hmm. um, right? Which wasn't too bad coming from in our area. So I hit the, the I, investors. I can tell you my first year, I made uh, a total of just over $12,000, which was a terrible, yeah. terrible year. But that's for that's for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so it was double what I was making as a nurse. So it was pretty clear, like I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the finances it made. We weren't sure if it would, and I still have the fear that the phone will stop one day. I don't know if everybody else shares that. I I always had that fear that the phone will stop, which keeps me working. Um, but I. I really hit the investor part hard simply to get those relationships and try to get those, you know what, I want to buy five homes. Um, I got, I got a little bit too ahead of myself, you know, coming from a company that didn't have any training. So for three years, I never had one office meeting, never one training, had nothing. I had to figure it out. Um, and, and I did just that. I figured it out on my own by watching videos, um, I I met one investor, you know, she had 10 homes she wanted me to sell and they're all in deplorable condition and she didn't have keys to any of them. And I went around, I, I drilled the keys, you know, and I put in new locks and put tarps on and then, you know, I sent her a bill and I never heard from her again. <laughs> um, so I've learned a lot of hard lessons along the line. Um, but investors were definitely my my stomping grounds. I, I sold a lot of homes in Youngstown. Now, is that common for other uh, realtors that you were meeting in the area? Were they going after the same kind of market or that was some no. a hole that you saw? Yeah, it was a hole that I saw that um, nobody ever, you know, I mean, maybe for safety reasons, they didn't want to go there. Maybe it was simply because they, everybody feels that they should be selling that $300,000, $400,000 home. Um, you know, I sold a lot of these and I met some, a lot of clients doing that. They were the most grateful people they sincerely were like uh and i've had somewhere i've sold them multiple homes and they they've worked themselves out of those conditions and turned into really good clients or they referred me their grandma who does have the three hundred thousand dollar home so it's getting out there shaking hands no matter what that price range is i still got paid what i felt i was worth um or i wouldn't have done it yeah, fantastic. Now, how are you going about meeting these people? Because that's the big thing. You get your license, you're sitting there at uh, the quote-unquote desk or the community table, as it were, in, in certain offices, and they say, okay, you've got your license. Here's the phone book, they used to say. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. what? How did you go about getting your business to start? So um, I did buy leads as well, very minimal. It was like $20. I, it was, I had a very minimal budget, but I did have my name out there in that regard. Most of mine um, literally would come social media. Social media was a big thing for me, uh, still is today. Um, Which platform? Other, um, I would use Facebook was my number one, always has. Um, yeah, still today. I have Facebook, LinkedIn, anywhere where you can kind of see people talking real estate. I, I would go to every business and leave my business card everywhere. I would go to pull up to a coffee shop and pay them, you know, $10 if they would allow me to tape my uh, business card to their window, um, things of like that. And just constantly wanting to get my name and, you know, out there. 
um, everybody I talked to, I remember telling them, I'm a realtor. Remember, like, a lot. Even when I was in a nurse, uh, you know, when I talked to residents or other people I worked with, everybody I would get an opportunity. You have to tell them you're in the business and not be ashamed of it. Um, it was always talking real estate, uh, always shaking hands. Anybody I could meet, you know, um, and that's just kind of how I did it because I didn't really have a budget to go out and drop what we're dropping today. Right, exactly. Um, Most people don't when they're getting into the business. It's right. a matter of bootstrapping and sweat equity rather than check equity. It sincerely is. It, it I think that's the hardest thing of on coming uh, forward today where I bring on new agents because it's hard to get people to, to, to buy in. I think my struggles now is getting people to buy into the team aspect because it's still new in our area. So we bring in new agents and they don't realize how good they have it when they wake up every day and they got two new pre-approved buyers every day in their showing calendar. Um, it, it took many years of just getting out, shaking hands, you know, places you probably wouldn't want to be. <laughs> yeah, got me. So you, you basically, to sum it up, you found a niche market that wasn't being served and you went after it and you were doing whatever it took, getting out there, meeting people, getting your face out there and using social media as well to, to really get things going. People started calling you from that and, uh, and then off you were, right? That's exactly correct. Okay, great. Now, when, when you take it to that point, you also mentioned, um, for a moment, I'll, I'll step back. You mentioned you were looking online at different resources. Which resources did you find were most helpful for you in terms of uh, people, places, and do you coach with anybody? Um, I did do coaching, but this was later on in my business when I was probably already somewhat set up. Okay. Um, I more or less went into coaching to try to find somebody to help me with the team aspect. It's, to grow it's, to the next yes. level. Yes. Correct. Correct. Um, made many mistakes trying to get the team and everything set up appropriately. Um, you know, at Craigslist, it's crazy. Craigslist was a pretty good, I would get in there and I hate to say, but I, I would make posts where we'd have rentals or uh, things of that, right? I would have some real estate myself as an investor and I would put my stuff out there simply to meet people. Sure. And then try to sell them something. Um, I have other friends who were flippers and they would put signs up around town and help, right? Where it'd be like, we buy your homes. There's different ways to get people to call the phone and then you take them in another direction. Did you ever uh, try any, right. any kind of door-to-door uh, -door prospecting or phone calling? I do do phone calling. Um, I, uh, um, I use a power dialer where and I'll hit up certain areas, but that also came later down the road when I found that technology. Um, I've, I've done door to door when I had clients who were interested in a certain area. Um, never done door to door on a, um, a routine basis. Gotcha. So uh, never when done flyers. Oh, you were doing flyers. You said I've never, I've oh, never, never done sent flyers. out a flyer. Gotcha. Yeah. So you don't have, per se, a geographic farming area then? Uh, I try to hit up the three counties. Um, I've been one where I, I throw it out pretty broad. Um, and I always I always have. I've always... In the beginning, though, to kind of go back, Youngstown was my area. Okay. Yeah, Youngstown was my area. It's much larger now. Are you still working that area? Not as much as I used to. 
And is that just because um, you find it's a little bit more lucrative now that you can move up to different areas or what's the reason? Time. Um, most of it's time. It, it was a consuming, um, much harder deal to get deals put together. The commissions have dropped significantly from what they used to be when I worked that market. So back when the market wasn't as good as what it is today, like there, the minimums were like $1,500 or $1,750 just for mine. Heck, they're now $750 because there's so many more new agents in the market and they keep on just driving the price down. They, they have. I mean, they're half of what it was when I was in you know, six years ago. So it's made it to where it's not even, you know, lucrative to even get in that market. You know what, I, I find that's a, a common element in just about any business where you get uh, new people in there and they're desperate and they don't see the idea of or understand the idea of value and presenting value rather than fighting over somebody else and being 50 cents cheaper and be like, take me, I'm 50 cents cheaper. And it's just a race to the bottom, down, 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 down. When you're not providing value, that's all you have is price, right? So it you is. have to find a way, especially when you're young, to provide that value to your customers so that they can see, yeah, okay, maybe you're a little bit more uh, expensive, quote unquote, up front, but it's an investment that will pay off in the back end. It, it sincerely is. It's almost like they're doing their client a disservice because no agent is willing to show that property. It gets their sign out front, but they'll, you'll find reasons to sell them something else. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm in agreement with you right there. So you had mentioned uh, you're building your business through investors and getting out there. And that's kind of year one, year two. Let's look at maybe the year three, year four, right before you were going into your team when things were kind of really picking up. Um, what is it that you shifted focus on or were you you're focusing on the same things? Uh, bottom line. So it turned in on uh, year three, I was up around 187 homes right um and at that point i was on a commission structure to where there was no cap um it came by my third month where my broker took over twenty thousand dollars in three months so i saw a real need to to kind of shift and not only i needed a i needed a brand because it got to a point where i was kind of known as still being a foreclosure agent um it would be the one thing and as i tried to climb the ladder people were like uh i don't want them to think that my home's a foreclosure uh, gotcha. by having our sign out so it was a, so that that was a tough thing for me to kind of break through um i remember i i approached my broker and at that point i started making the mindset that i was going to open my own brokerage pretty early um so i found a lady who was a broker um i um then went to my current broker and I, I asked him, I'm like, listen, uh, I would like to open up another one of your companies and, but change the name, keep your name, but kind of go to a premiere so we can have your company and we'll have kind of a, a different, like, you know, this different company branch. exclusive. Exactly. Right. And just the number that he had was, it was, it was good. He has a great business. It just didn't work. And right around that same time, a Remax agent kind of hit me. It was all in timing. Um, and I started looking at the Remax franchise and, uh, I started, I went down that Avenue to open my own, uh, my own Remax. So got approved for the company and one of our local Remax offices approached me, one of their agents saying, Hey, come work for our company. We can save you some money. So 
I went to the office and I met uh, six owners and they were pitching me as if, you know, I was coming to work to them as a realtor without them really knowing, you know, my thoughts are I'm opening up my own company. Um, in the end, I simply, uh, to kind of shorten it down, I, I just said, instead of, you know, I'm opening up my own company, instead of competing, would you consider selling your company? And long story short, they made the decision that they'd sell the company. And they had a very established company. They've been around since uh, 2000. They uh, have an ABA with a title company, which was a title company I've already always been using. Um, they, they did give me an option of uh, having partners because they have agents inside their office that were pretty solid agents. They uh, didn't want to rock the boat, so they asked if I would be okay with having partners or not. So I asked them who the agents were, and they gave me a few names, and I said I'd be fine with any of them to not disrupt their office, because that's the last thing I wanted to do was disrupt their office. Um, so in the end, two of those are now my partners for owning the Remax. Okay. So currently there's six of us. Um, the old partners and then you know uh few three more years roughly there will be three of us who'll carry on the office so a slow buyout that's correct that's correct so let me ask you why rather than just joining a remax did you decide i want to open up my own um so what i've come to find out that the real estate business in itself is so it can it can be a pretty big machine so we we touched so many different models in the business. I wanted, you know, instead of selling real estate forever, I wanted to get the big machine going and have a part of each one of those businesses. And that's that's been my business goal currently. Uh, I just opened up a mortgage company about three weeks ago as well. I did that on my own, um, you know, without my other partners of in the business. Um, we do have an ABA with a title company, they do a great job. Uh, my other goal next is a insurance company. Okay. Uh, so really you're, you've got the mindset of an entrepreneur rather than of a quote unquote realtor. I've always been, in, I've taken my real estate and even, um, I've been buying buildings in a, uh, historic downtown and I've acquired over half the downtown over the past five years, taking my income and buying these buildings and, you know, meeting other people who want to open up businesses and I have the buildings and, you know, let them ultimately open businesses they couldn't open. So we're creating almost a downtown too. There's just absolutely uh, kind of branching it out. Give me an idea of the economy of the area that you're in. I mean, uh, you had said <clears throat> that it was big in manufacturing at one time uh, and what was it? Steel? Yeah, uh, that's, that's no longer the case. So what what is the situation there with uh, the, just the general population? Sure. So uh, we do have General Motors in Lordstown. They actually just uh, this morning was kind of a, a shock to the market. I just turned on the news to find out that they may be closing down. Really? Yeah. Yeah. In Lordstown. That's that was a pretty big business plan. Our, our area in a whole, it seems to be more uh, blue collared, uh, more people don't like to see big business. It's kind of interesting. I even notice as my business grows, you kind of have people, they just don't like to see people. How do I put it? Um, 
people like to see those whom they feel are fortunate go through misfortune for whatever reason. Um, I think our town's still kind of going through that shift where um, they don't like to see change. Um, I think that is a struggle. I don't know if the rest of uh, the world's going through that, but um, parts of the town are trying to go through a, a change with um, uh, going into electronics and manufacturing, and it's starting to work its way in because we got some pretty big industry buildings sitting around empty. Um, but yeah, the economy, the average income around here is probably thirty, okay. forty thousand dollars. Okay, and and that's reflected obviously in uh, rents and prices for for purchasing homes, right? Yeah, for so I have uh, some commercial space downtown. Um, we have one building that's seventy seven hundred square feet right here. I mean, this is a walking downtown, like a historic downtown, walkable. Two thousand dollars a month. Wow, amazing! Yeah. So there's so, a lot of opportunity there for people to, if they want to actually get in there and uh, take advantage of that. It's just that the situation is a little bit sticky, so it may take some uh, some finesse. <laughs> that that's correct. You know what? It's it's been it's so in the town that we're buying in. There's also a little uh, a gentleman who's putting in a 400 million dollar plaza about two miles down the road um, to be similar to what's called like a Easton out in Cleveland, a, a shopping place. So that's actually kind of making our town, which is Columbia, Ohio, seem pretty promising. Um, we're now, the city's been working very closely with us in order to get in, uh, open up more alcohol licenses and turn it into almost like an upscale uh, family entertainment zone. So this town's, it's, it's heading in the right direction. Some of the bigger cities are having a tough time. The smaller out, the suburbs are doing fine. Okay. As, and this is why it pays if you're going to be an investor to talk to somebody that knows the market and why it pays for you as the realtor to know the market so that you can provide that value and information and people don't say, well, this guy is $50 cheaper than this guy. No, because in the end, it pays off with the knowledge and the service, right? So incredibly true. It's it's interesting to see where people come in and they, they buy something on uh, – eBay, and then they get in, it looks good as you're driving through, but they don't realize that you're in a, a just a place you don't want to be. It may look the same, but block to block, but people in our area know that this street's good and this street's not. Absolutely contact somebody who knows. I, I think it goes with anybody in any type of field. There's people who are good, and then there's people who are simply getting in because they can't get in anything else. Now, I know a lot of the time uh, from the realtor perspective, when we first get into the business, I know I was like this. I would drive just about anywhere. When someone said they needed my help, I was gone. I would spend two hours on the road to get here, there, everywhere. But, you know, as you uh, mature as a realtor and in your business, you realize you can best serve your clients where you are and refer out the rest. Are, do you follow the same formula? A hundred percent. Absolutely. There's only you can filter through the majority of people, right? Um, and we put them all in, in classes of, right, how close they are, right? Uh, in the team aspect, it makes it really good. We try to service everyone, but you just can't service everyone. And some people simply just want to open a door to look at a home. Uh, it's okay to ask the questions to kind of peel back the layers, to make sure you're not out running, spinning your tires, simply to... Um, in the same sense, it's almost like a finesse because you don't want to ask too much to where they'll simply just call somebody else. 
Right. So there's there's a pre-qualifying process that you follow that's really just you get the basic questions down, you understand maybe true intentions and are they approved? Are they able to actually, you know, go forward or are they just kicking tires? Yeah. I always try and get something off them to kind of somehow relate. Um uh, try to try to get one key like um area or do you have any family or why are you buying this area have them give me some type of piece to where they're kind of giving me an insight and not just be asking are you pre-approved you you know i mean things like that going down the list and checking it yeah (laughs) right right secure that relationship um get out there shake a hand and then fill it out from there so let me ask you a question with regard to that um now that you're more established you can tell me if, if things have changed or not but when you get a phone call or a lead uh, coming in from a buyer, do you get them to come into the office and do a buyer presentation, have them sign a buyer representation paperwork before you go out, or do you meet them at the property? What is your process and has it changed? All right. So when we first meet somebody now, the one thing we want to ask is uh, their time frame. Um, we, we do ask about financing, uh, if they need help with financing. Um, we'll ask for location. So if somebody comes in and they have like, more than five homes the goal is is to bring them into the office and sit down and have a buyer consult um when there's just many reasons why you just shouldn't you don't want to show somebody that many homes our goal is to sell somebody our their home with two showings right two homes i i can with our technology and pictures nowadays i can show you everything um locations make them drive around do their own recon if they need be and it, it tends to work um, fairly well. Yeah, anytime you can get them to sign a, a document, um, get them to sign it, absolutely. Because we never we never hold them to anything if they do decide to use another, but it seems to be it, it'll remember, they'll remember signing something. Most don't know what it is. It's an act uh, of commitment to each other correct. and loyalty. And, and that's what it is. So you is that a process where you have with your team now Listen, there's a buyer, get them on the phone, pre-qualify, get them into the office and get this done and then we can go and show them homes. Is that it or or am I? So it depends on the person. Um, the goal is to get them into the office because I want to meet these people one-on-one. So we ask a few questions uh, to kind of sense, are they trying to just get off the phone? Are they, if, if, if they're pushy enough to where we know that they may not come in and not call, we'll simply go in the field and we'll pitch them in the field. Okay. Um, the, the goal, if we can get them to sign a document, and how we get people to sign documents is simply by telling them that we're going to invest that time. We're always going to be available there for them. So we're also looking for that loyalty back. You call us, or if I can't be there, one of my other team members, so that you know that there's always somebody who's going to be here available for your questions or to open the door. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Excellent. And what, what's the length of time generally of uh, your representation agreements? Three months. Three months. Okay. Yeah, I do three months. Okay, fantastic. By so that that's time, great. you normally have a relationship that seems to be, has been our mindset. Like, by the time we meet them and get them and they sign, after that, we tend not to lose people. And normally, our market's so good, they buy fairly quick now. I wish that was the case in my market right now, but not so much. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit different up here. Uh, we had a, a kind of a big boom, and then um, the government decided to step in and and uh, do some things that were somewhat ill-advised and, uh, all of a sudden things changed overnight and 
were still recovering from what they tried to do. Ouch. You know what? <laughs> this is a conversation I had with my team last week. So it, it's, it's been very lucrative. Um, it's a very lucrative business. And I keep telling them, like, be prepared. Like, it can shift at any moment, right, to interest rates. Or, I mean, one of our biggest employers just put out that they're closing. I mean, that's huge yeah. to our area. Absolutely. Right? So that's where I think my fear always comes in. And the same thing for starting a more you you got to have multiple avenues. Same thing in your business. Like, don't have one source of leads. Don't just be all in on, you know, uh, realtor.com or don't. Right. Have six sources so that, you know, if one's not doing well, you, you have to have or shall I say, I felt like I had to have uh, multiple sources of our brand out there. OK, so let, let's get into that for a minute. And let's just uh, use an imaginary world, uh, a parallel universe and say we dropped you in another town and uh, you had to start all over again for whatever reason. Um, what would you do day one? You're dropped in a new town knowing what you know now. How would you go about building your real estate career? So I think the first thing I would still do today, I'd go try and meet some people at the businesses, right? Of just kind of meeting somebody and shaking their hand and saying, hi, I'm Roland Gauzy. I'm new to the town. Um, what do you think about the market you live in? Is there any areas that you know? I don't know your markets well. Can you tell me where you live? And kind of start peeling back the layers of that. Um, that's always seemed to be a good way that people seem to open up when you're not trying to pitch them. You pitch it in like, I'm just trying to get your expertise, of what you think about, where do you live? Right. I, uh, um, I, it almost puts it in a manner of opening them up to kind of tell you, well, I live in, you know, on the North side and the North side, we have this park and everybody likes this park and things of that nature. So and then get my card and just kind of move on and meet people and ask them. And what I did, I at least created some FaceTime. Um, so I'd go to every business. I don't know why I'd like business owners, uh, barbers. Um, <laughs> if I can give you any advice, uh, honest, like go to your barber. Find out what they like the most. If they're a beer drinker, take them, take them some beer and give them some business cards. Create some type of relationship with these people. They're always talking to somebody. The more you can meet people and have them say your name. It's so much more powerful for somebody else to say your name than you yourself saying your name. Absolutely. Uh, right. So simply get that out there. I, um, were you involved with a, like a local chamber of commerce at all or, or board of trade? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, um, there was a tourism board, get on that any board you can get on. If you have time, there's no reason you should be broke. None. You know, people are sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. Um, it, it just doesn't ring. Yeah, and I think it's just you've got to be out there. You got to be meeting people and um, showing them and talking real estate. And every opportunity, you want to bring something up to where they're like, "Oh, that's all this guy does is talk real estate." But at least once they get in the mode where they think real estate, they'll know who to talk to. Mm -hmm. If you've already established that relationship, and generally speaking, I find business communities um, are relatively uplifting, and they like to help each other out. And uh, I know I was involved and, and still am with my local um, chamber of commerce. Uh, another thing that I did, so you did door knocking in a sense to businesses rather than residential homes. And people True. in their place of business tend to be fairly welcoming because you're a potential customer. Whether you're pitching That's them exactly. on yourself or not, you're still a potential customer. And you can lead your clients then 
to to recommend their business as well, right? Absolutely. Your uh, business partners, other things, get out there and talk to your lenders, right? That's one thing I did too. I really tried to <clears throat> to merge with other professionals of who I felt were good lenders uh, and new people to try to create that relationship of uh, either having them help out with branding costs or uh, if you got nothing, you might as well start with something and just slowly. Right. So you're, 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 you're starting a database of uh, local people and uh, maybe even local experts in a sense. People look to them for advice and information. They've been established for a long time, right? So they can then recommend you, as you said. So when you're gathering their names and their information, are you putting it in a CRM? Are you following up with them somehow? So when I first started, I didn't have a CRM. Uh, I was a, a notebook kind of guy. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't even know what a CRM. I never had anybody. I now have a CRM. I understand that. I, I have no idea how I did business without a CRM in the beginning. No yeah, idea. it's definitely, uh, it helps to stay organized and to tell Absolutely. you reminders and tasks and, and on and on. Yes, because, you know, nowadays you get a hundred phone calls a day. Ryan, you're like, who's this person? Ryan, they all sound the same. So you, you want to give people at least make them feel as if you, you know who they are. And the only way I know how to do that is throw them in a CRM through their phone number and, oh, shoot, that's right, that's Tom. Uh, he has the mohawk and the, the two dogs, right? Yeah, exactly. You write down those those little bits of information you got from yes. the conversation every time, and then you say, oh, how are your dogs? How are exactly. your kids? How was that game? Whatever you super can relate. Important. It's so super important to make people feel special. I think that's the one thing I, I always try and do is make somebody feel as if no matter what price range, I mean, even selling somebody a $20,000 home, I remember always telling them, like, you should be very proud of yourself. Like, many people can't own a home, right? Everybody likes to feel as if you're patted on the back, right? Make sure you do that to your clients. It's a big, no matter what price range, you may not think it's great. It's, it's big to them. Absolutely. It's a big moment in someone's special. life when they're purchasing a property at any price point. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So let's go back to this scenario. You're dropped in this new town. You go door to door talking to business people. Now you know what you know. So you're putting them into a CRM and following up. Maybe if you can get their birthday information, great. Uh, but some sort of rapport building information and you'll follow up every once in a while with them or when you run into them again. Uh, what's what's step two there? So, you know what? <laughs> Do I have any money in my pocket? <laughs> Very if, little. If I have, if I have any budget, um, it's it's to create a brand. Uh, you you got to get your name out there, any means possible. You you want somebody to, you know, I I created a Team Gosney, right? I created a logo, and you know, for me, I do everything a little differently. It's not Rollin Gosney. It's always Team Gosney. Everything that gets closed gets closed under Team Gosney. Um, so that's something on the radio or on a billboard. I, I constantly want team gauzing, team gauzing, team, same thing. Uh, you, you almost want to, you, you have to pitch a brand and get people familiar with where they see it. My car is totally, I got several cars that they're full wrapped. They look <laughs> like a NASCAR, right? Yeah, I uh, saw a couple of pictures. <laughs> yeah. So, and all that is, is just simply getting out, just, you know, the name, uh, people, when, when you show up, you, you got to look professional. Don't show up wearing a pair of jeans and, you know, uh, a hoodie. Um, or maybe I'm, that's, I don't think you should. I think you should show up and dress the part and look professional. Um, 
I, I think that's that's pretty important. Um, if, if there is any market share, I think Zillow, Realtor.com, Homes.com, uh, all those are important sites too. People do go to, but better yet, if you have your own uh, your own website, market the hell out of it, right? Get that out there. Tell everybody about it. Get on social media instead of pitching Zillow or Realtor.com. Pitch your pitch your own because one day they may spin too. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'd go. I I would. I would work on building myself, um, getting people familiar with my name. Um, anybody would want to see a home in the beginning, I would show them without really putting, just simply to get the experience of knowing that I'm in the market that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. I really want to get into the Naples, Florida market. Like my eyes getting down in Naples and I'm looking at houses and, um, and it is, it's like exactly what we're talking about. It, it's something I don't know. Naples, you know, their construction of home. You just like, you got to know your product. Um, when I, I remember when I first got into business, I would go into a home and I would familiarize myself with that home for at least 20 minutes before somebody came. I'd figure out, is it a dimensional roof? Is it a hundred amp service? Is it a gas furnace? So that when they walked in, I can sell a product. You can sell anything. You just can't sit there and be quiet. There's, there's good in everything. And, you know, that's not a load bearing wall. We can take that wall down that, you know, dull pane glass, know your products, know your materials, know what they should cost. If you have to paint the house, uh, estimates, um, have professionals that you can say, Hey, uh, Mike can paint this thing for roughly this cost. Have your tool belts. So when you meet them, they know you have con uh, connections or contacts and, I think that's where a good agent kind of separates himself from anybody else who can just open up a door. So that's, that's also a part of going around and introducing yourself to people in the community already. You get to know these tradespeople and everybody else and you get referred yeah. and, and then you build up your, your list of uh, people that you can refer out and you look at like that source of knowledge. Absolutely. You know what? It, it's one of the best ways. If you reach out and you're new to an area, reach out to your home inspectors right? And shake a hand. As soon as you give them a client, ask for a client back and you start making those relationships, it, it becomes pretty powerful. Um, make those connections. So it sounds like you would suggest somebody really get out there, um, and make those face-to-face -face connections. There are certain people in certain business models where they're all about digital. They want to create uh, some sort of digital space and digital connection, and that's great too. And, and it all works in this business, but you sound like you're geared really more towards relationships and building those relationships and leveraging them to, uh, to build your business. I think you can do well with um, you know, the digital aspect, but I think you do really well when you can bring in the relationship. Because if, if you're just digital, you're just like every other agent, right? If you can't somehow figure out how to create some type of connection to these people, if you don't answer your phone, make no mistake, they're out looking at a home with another agent. Mm -hmm. um, I think I would always say that's that's the one thing you, you don't want to be overly digital, uh, overly automated. Because people can sense that. Pick up the phone. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, people would always ask, what do you do? And that, that was my the thing I said for the longest time before I started realizing all the many things. You, you do a lot. 
but just pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. And if you have a sphere, talk to people that you know. That that's that's sort of the start. We came up with a scenario of dropping you in a random town with no connections. But I mean, step one for a lot of people is really make sure that everybody that already knows you, likes you, and trusts you understands that you're in the business, and then go out and create those new relationships. Absolutely, it's so important. Fantastic. So, um, any leaving thoughts? Any parting thoughts in terms of? Uh, maybe resources that uh, agents should check out that might help them with their mindset or in practically growing their business? I think, man, I could have saved a lot of time and effort if I would have found a coach. I think nobody, I never even knew they existed for several, several years. Um, you know, I got into coaching later in my career to help because I just couldn't figure it out. I, it was beyond me because it was so, so much bigger, you know, just, it was just a mindset that I was having a hard time breaking into and getting properly. Um, yeah, absolutely. If you don't know something, get somebody who knows what the heck they're doing. So there are a lot of coaches and coaching and training companies out there. How did you go about finding the one that was right for you? Um, so we had somebody who came into our office once, um, tried that for a little bit. It wasn't a right fit. Uh, it was more geared to, uh, you should relax and spend time with your family. And I was still in the mindset where I'm like, I'm ready to build my business. Like <laughs> I, I want to keep right. Um, and then I went into Tom Ferry. Uh, I tried the Tom Ferry and even my first coach there, it just wasn't the right fit. You may go through a few people is where I'm going with it. Like mm -hmm. it, you got to find somebody who meets, like uh, has the same goals as you. Cause just keep keep reaching out until you find somebody that works. And who was it that did finally click for you? Um, you know what? Her name was Pam. Um, she she was another. She was in a Tom Ferry group uh, as well, um, and she was good. You know, she knew what I was looking for. She had a team. She went through the the pains that I went through. How do you get you know a new agent not to you know? There's just different hurdles and things that you got to go right. through. Um, different costs, you know, to spend so much money doing stupid things of trying the trials and errors that you may have done the same where heck if I'd have talked to you, I probably wouldn't have went down that avenue. Right. Exactly. So it really offsets uh, the cost itself. It does. It does. Uh, you pay it in one manner or another, whether you like it or not, get someone who's a little <laughs> smarter than you. <laughs> Seriously. Fantastic. And any, uh, any books maybe out there that you can recommend audio or in print? I'll tell you, man, I, I watch a lot of videos online. I'm, I'm a big one. Even when I'm sitting waiting on a client, they're late to a house. I'll, I'll get on there and I'll watch videos of I still to this day. Um, I, I probably watch a video a day. Yeah, I'm a big content consumer as well. Video is a big one for me. Podcasts, surprise, surprise. And yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, no, audiobooks as well. I mean, we're, we're out on the road all the time anyway, showing houses or, or traveling to clients. So I figure why not? feed the brain absolutely yeah no yeah i, I love li uh, listening to podcasts too when i'm on the road i'll also put it on um the videos constantly um yeah anything you can suck up can helps you immensely to, to catapult your career one certain thing it's it's funny where you're you're thinking your your mindset's thinking you go this way when i was like why didn't i think of that you know um I would say consistency. I right? just don't give up. I, I know it stinks to pick up the phone and talk to people. 
right? It's, but you got to pick up the phone. You got to talk to these people. You hear it all the time, right? I haven't talked to my agent. Yeah, I think that's a big key, a big key takeaway for everybody listening and uh, to remind ourselves of is that you have to be consistent day in and day out. No matter what the goal is, if you're trying to learn an instrument, if you're trying to work out, if you're trying to do anything, you have to do those little things every day because as little as they seem in the moment, that's what adds up to the big success in the end. So true. Yeah. Whatever your goals are, definitely put a goal. Um, you know, I I love setting goals that I know we can at least make them worthy of hitting, right? Um, we, we've far surpassed our goal this year, and it's, it's a good feeling, actually, by a quarter. Uh, we were shooting for 250, and we're, today uh, we're about 300. Units so sold? Wow, congratulations. That's fantastic. All right, yeah. well, that's just about it. Is there anything else that you want to throw in there? No, I appreciate it. Everybody, good luck to you. Hang in there. I, if if anything, it's the hustle is well worth it. You know, I, I remember the hard times of thinking, like, it, it's a lot, you know, um, the time away from your family and the stress, but it's something that if you love it as much as I love it, it it's, we love what we do. You can, who thought that you could create a business by opening up some doors, shaking hands and sincerely uh make people's lives uh, so don't forget that little key aspect of it's somebody's dream you know and you're you're a part of it it's something and follow up with them right reach out to them oh they'll love it if you call them or even send them an email a year later congratulations you bought your home one year ago today how is it super powerful excellent Good luck, excellent thanks so much for taking the time roland really appreciate you sharing your experience and wisdom and uh, I hope we can connect again soon. Thank you very much. Take I care. I guess. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land. I just wanted to say thank you so much. I truly appreciate you for your support and for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, share this all over social media, and especially share it with a realtor that you know that might be having a difficult time finding their own path to success. I'll see you on the next episode.